Yo, 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 what's up? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. This is episode 36, I believe. We're going to roll with that. Um, congratulations to me. I passed one of my IT certifications, throwing that out there right before Hurricane Ian. Um, so, yeah, like, share, subscribe. We appreciate y'all listening, watching, all that good stuff. All you international upgraders, all you domestic upgraders. Um, we get a little deep, philosophical, end of the world kind of stuff on this one. Hope you guys enjoy. Um, yeah, just be blessed, prosperity, do your best, and upgrade America, and then also upgrade where you are. Peace. Boom, we are rolling. This is Upgrade America, your favorite show around the world. We do it. We're talking Bitcoin, geopolitics, all that good stuff. I'm Cameron Ra, joined with Finisher, CJ the Day Slayer, live from Orlando. What's happening on your end, bro? We staying uh, in the hurricane? Yeah, man. Went through Hurricane Ian. Uh, I got to hit my homeboy, a fellow defender, Ian from Germany. Whoa. I think he's in St. Augustine. Anyway, debris, uh, hurricane, uh, winds, rain. Um, I had flickers of power, internet, um, but not too bad, actually. He's still rolling, man. So is this yeah. thing wrapping up, or is it like, or is it about to get more intense? No, it's done. It was done on um, Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning. Another one for the history books, bro. Yeah, this is my, I think, third hurricane since I've been okay. here. Yeah. I did, uh, how you say, I was in Brooklyn for Sandy. Cars flipped upside down, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, that was uh, It was wild, but, I mean, I know hurricane gets, I'm sorry, I know Florida gets, like, uh, really hit hard with But, it. but that, that hurricane Sandy, mm-hmm. that was a super storm. That's oh, a lot yeah. different than what we get. Like that was like our shit on like ten. Mm. Like, that's what that was. And then oh, you know, was in your a... infrastructure is not built for that. Like we're used to it, so it's like, like we're already doing recovery stuff to open. Like it was almost like we didn't even have a hurricane. And again, Florida, Florida is really, as you mentioned, they're they're used to it. And I'm just grateful mm-hmm. the damage was not too intense. But today we are talking nah, about cool. We're talking about will Bitcoin survive the nuclear apocalypse? You already see there's a lot going on around the world, and everyone's talking, uh, you know, nuclear weapons or not. So I'm just going to dive right into this rant. So, disclaimer this is merely entertainment. We don't juggle here, we talk Bitcoin and geopolitics and ways to. Hold on, my son. Shh. Upgrade America. God bless the First Amendment. Feel free to be offended. Let's get into it. Will Bitcoin survive the nuclear apocalypse? Short answer, yes. We're in the early stages of World War III. Russia has annexed Ukraine. China is plotting to take Taiwan. And Israel has hinted they may use nukes to stop Iran from obtaining the ordinance themselves. When it comes to nuclear war, best practice suggests mutually assured destruction. This radical principle of deterrence was born in the United States and suggests that A nuclear attack by one superpower would be met with an overwhelming nuclear counterattack, such that both the attacker and the defender would be annihilated. Simply put, you nuke us, we nuke the entire world, and we all go to hell. That's that's mutually assured destruction. Realistically, though, will there be survivors? Maybe. Many of the elites are preparing their underground bunkers as we speak. And I'm sure there'll be patches of civilization that will be unsupported. Yeah, that was an alarm. I'm sure there'll be patches of civilization that will be unscorched or sustain minimal damages. Still, as the world begins to strive for normality, after the nations and their fiat money have crumbled, there will be a new world order and a biometric CBDC. And that's a central bank digital currency. 
you're going to hear a lot about that in 2023, I assure you. And this will be rolled out by unelected officials. And what does that mean? We're talking about organizations like who? Who? Like World Health Organization and World Economic Forum. And these are unelected officials. These are people with power, immense power, that want to steer how society is being is being governed, but they have not been elected by any in any country. But I, 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 so I continue. So we talk about CBDCs. There will also be Bitcoin to challenge these neo tyrants. They may try to ban Bitcoin transactions and mining, attempt to confiscate it, and futilely strive to destroy BTC. Still, unless you destroy every single node, meaning every connection, every computer that's hosting this Bitcoin blockchain source code, you can't mm-hmm. it. It's, it's almost like a virus, a decentralized virus. But still, unless you destroy the nodes, yeah, you can't kill the almighty blockchain. Let's compare Bitcoin's data storage to that of a powerful corporation. Pick any. They, they, they tend to do their, uh, how do you say, disaster recoveries. It's, it's all the same. So mm-hmm. mega corporations with pet, uh, petabytes of big data store their information in data centers across the nation and the planet. The ideal is to have three or more uh, redundancies. In, in the unlikely event uh, one site goes down, you have two more that go down for disaster recovery. In the event of nuclear war with ICBMs as intercontinental uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles and EMPs, that is a uh, electromagnetic pulse or what have you, because there's a whole slew of nuclear devices, neutron bombs, they leave the infrastructure standing, but they just microwave all, all the flesh. But uh, yeah, whatever, three locations, is that's a small amount when you're talking about global nuclear war three locations is for for example xyz co source data locally in nyc and has disaster recovery in houston texas and let's say their third location is in brasilia brazil are are data centers strategic military targets of course in my playbook yeah so all it takes is three three flashes and many corporations will be going back to chisels and stone tablets i'm saying the stone age if all your data is wiped out yeah forget you're 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 back to paper and and what have you but perhaps after such an event all companies will turn to the blockchain solutions for data storage bitcoin's brilliance lies in its millions of decentralized nodes across the planet and i would not be surprised if there were nodes operating in space via satellite. There are even paper nodes printing the Bitcoin blockchain. Every time a transaction is made, there's printer, just printing this out. So EMP, all the computers are fried. There's still paper records of the Bitcoin blockchain. As long as you have continuity and you know who owns what, this thing can still keep going. So paper records, as long as there is a record, yeah, Bitcoin will live. When these madmen with power and nuclear weapons finally decide to scorch this rock, Bitcoin will survive, if only as a medium of exchange for the cockroaches. Get it? Because cockroaches can survive uh, nuclear holocaust. That's my rant. <laughs> but um, I, I, I believe the technology is strong and I advise all the people who are listening, instead of trying to destroy it, take it make it your own and, and, and it's, it's great tech and, and it's going to last in the long term but believe in Bitcoin check it out Amazon Kindle that's my rant though bro what else we got on here uh, pop culture reviews that's what we got next cool cool what's up in, uh, in pop culture sports entertainment all that good stuff uh, for me um, obviously Clemson won last night how they night. doing how uh, they won game last night um, all the top teams in college football had tough games except mm. Alabama. Their quarterback got hurt, but they still ran away with theirs. Um, so I'm excited. I watched the whole game. It was at home, so that environment is really cool to be in a college football environment. So you were in, in the arena? No, I wasn't. I'm saying I remember oh, when okay, I went okay. to my first game and watching it on TV, I remember what that felt like. Yeah, so yeah, it's great energy. Man. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. 
Um, I started watching Abbott Elementary season two. It's awesome. Um, I caught up on The Rookie. I love that show too. Um, they got a spinoff called The Rookie FBI, which looks interesting. Interesting. Um, these are both. What is the original one about? Uh, the rookie is about this middle-aged man decided to be a cop, and he went from doing construction to being a cop. And it's really cool to watch his journey. It's really good. I think you would like that show. But it's on season five, so it'd be a lot. Of, yeah, but that first, like the first two seasons, really good. Um, I like it because it shows a diversity on so many levels. It talks about like Black Lives Matter. Mm. Uh, it, it talks about that every sexuality it explores that interracial relationships like everything police politics you know activists you get to see the whole swath of everything it's really cool really good show. and where, which way do you think they're leaning um they're pretty balanced actually it's pretty balanced considering you know Hollywood is mainly liberal let's be honest but I would say they, mm. they touch on everything which I like and it's um, I really hope they're using the platform to how do you say convey ideals to the law enforcement community and even uh, you know even politicians in there they can use entertainment to to get if they're doing things in the show and that procedure seems to be working like they could use that as not necessarily a pilot but to pitch ideas to, to law enforcement take my yeah. uh, how you say my, my 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 national use of force model mm-hmm. like if that were represented in there and then they did scenarios yeah. and they see how it worked like perhaps oh, yeah, it worked in the show and the rookie like perhaps you can do this in real life but I mean, uh, it sounds like a cool show. Yeah, it is. Um, one of the few cops, it's so many cop shows, but this one I liked from the get go, especially season one and two. Yo, what up? The Boss 504, Nola. Peace, peace. Carolina, that's my cousin. Um, what up, what up? Um, nah, I like the show because um, the one character I like. Uh, Captain, I forgot her name on the show, mm-hmm. but she was dope. Like, think about your best leader when you was active duty. Who's your best leader? It's hard to say. Bro. Like your best flight chief. Just, just narrow down the flight chief. Your best flight chief. In what regard, though? Like just high speed? Leadership. Yeah, what? overall leadership. O- overall leadership. There is a ranger. Uh... I believe it's LaBeouf. And I really admired him because he was very hardcore. And he he set the standard. He was senior, but he ran the perimeter in like his gas mask and the flak bus. And it set the, like, more or less like, yo, you little whippersnappers, if I can do this, and he had to be like 40 at the time, like, he's like, the new little whippersnappers can do that. And he he motivated, motivated me to be more hardcore. And it's like that leading from the front, like, yo, I'm not here. But then again, top down, best leadership is, at the time, Captain McGillicuddy was like, he was hardcore. Prior enlisted, um, Mm -hmm. then he became captain, but he led from the front. And that I I really admired. I went to Iraq with him. Okay. Go to hell with that that man. But uh, that's great leadership to me. And I, I don't know. Uh, as far as like, what are you saying was so special about this, uh, this captain's leadership uh, in, in the so, show? In the show, this captain, like everything you were talking about, she epitomized. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm watching the show, I'm like, yo, like it really hit me because I remember not having good examples like that while I was in but only seeing a couple examples before I got out of leadership like that and when she died and how she died oh, wow. spoiler alert <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just saying nah, I don't know if I'm end up watching it but just nah, how, the way she died and like how she died was like honorable mm. as well as like emotional because I'm like damn 
Like, she did everything right as a leader. Admitted when she was wrong, led from the front, led by example. Like, she knew how to get to all her troops. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo. So, yeah, when she died, I was like, I was fucked How did she die? Um, it was like a shootout, but she got held uh, hostage. Mm. And she fought, broke out, but then she got shot and drowned in the pool. And they were trying to save her. Yeah, it was it was brutal. It was good though. It's good, good show. Um, I and I remember watching. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it seemed like they got some great writers. Yeah, and the part I remember, I remember going to her IG page because I was following her to see what she was really like. Mm-hmm. And you see all these veterans and Ooh. like former cops and like all these people respond like, "Oh my God, why they kill you off?" Like going off like, "Oh my." So to see that, you know what I'm saying? That was really cool. I was like, so then it seems like she really held the archetype of a of a really great leader. Absolutely. But, um, speaking of another great leader, I don't want to forget uh, Sergeant Lampkin, Master Master Sergeant, uh, retired Master Sergeant Sergeant Lampkin. He was a really great flight chief in Aviano, Italy, and we were also doing uh, we served together in Korea as well and you know we we these one of the relationships that I, I kept base after the military and it just published a book uh, called you have the right to remain uh you have the right to remain silent yeah so the ebook is out and we're working on getting the the physical book out but this is a powerful piece of black excellence and when i say powerful it's emotionally moving like I'm gonna read a, a short excerpt okay. from here, but it, yeah, it make you it's historic. It may make you feel some type of way. This is entitled "Sergeant Waters and a Soldier's Story," and this is by Silent. And this is from uh, the book "You Have the Right to Remain Silent." We'll make sure we drop the link. So, Sergeant Waters and a Soldier's Story tells of a black man in France at a cafe in Napoleon. He was paid by white soldiers to dance around with a tail on his ass, a crown on his head, a reed in his hand, and a sign that read, King of the Monkeys. And you know, when we caught him, slit his throat, he had the nerve to ask, what did he do wrong? Do you know the damage one ignorant Negro can do? And this is, um, that's it, silent touch. This was written 729, 2019. Oh, and I read it. It stood out to me because I'm like, okay, this is a military story. Let me see what he's talking about. And then I was just like, okay, this, this is in uh, in France. And I'm, and I'm just like, okay, I see what's going on here. Some, some horseplay. And then, wow, just the ending was just like, and I could, we discussed about, you know, racism in, in the military and things of that nature. I can only assume this is post or during World War II. Mm, yeah, and, uh, and it's like <laughs> wow it's uh, yeah it's these are people who are serving alongside one another this is not the enemy that they are uh, this is they are hazing a, hazing a black male in here and then it's like after it's all said and done after they humiliated him they, they, they killed him and this is just one uh, this is just just one of uh, there's many they're not all like this there's love songs and all, all that stuff too i'm not really into to the love songs but like the uh, a lot of the other poems in here are very powerful and i, I highly suggest like you know support this black vet and this 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 piece of black excellence and, and check out this book as i mentioned the uh, the hardback or the paper book will be uh, released shortly Okay, cool. But yeah. That's what I got from pop culture. Um, what else is on? What else is on Europe? We got a global conflict snapshot. Who blew up Nord Stream One and why? Let's talk about. Wow. Israel Dukes and the Abraham Accords. Chinese boats off the Alaskan coast. Oh yeah, let's get into this. Yeah, man. So as I mentioned, uh, I ran it on in Bitcoin. The world is really there's a lot of friction in the world right now. Mm-hmm. The main topic that's going on right now is this Nord Stream 1 thing. You know what that is? It's the pipeline. Uh, For operators was, who are unaware, it's yeah. a pipeline from Russia 
to uh, <laughs> so pipe. I'm laughing because I'm gonna tell you in a moment. It's pipeline from Russia to Europe, right? So I'm laughing because there's this sound bite with President Biden saying like, "Yo," he more or less said like, "Yo, if Russia doesn't do this, we're going to do that," right? And then the reporter asked the president, "How are you going to do this?" And then you can see either Biden didn't know, or he either didn't know, or like he was he was doing a good job of keeping that information secret. But subsequent to him making that statement, unknown unknown forces blew up a pipeline from Russia, and it sounds like it's not that big of a deal. This pipeline is. Billions of dollars of damage that will never be will be, be never be repaired. That means people who are relying on that energy in Europe aren't going to get it. Moreover,、mm-hmm. it gives Russian overlord Vladimir Putin. It gives him the reason to expand because if he has evidence, a slight fabricated or real、mm-hmm. that. America or NATO aligned players blew up his pipeline. He's within his rights to retaliate. He is, he's, he's well within his rights to retaliate. And if that means nuclear,、uh, nuclear munitions, then that is what it is. And then Pandora's box is open and flashes around the world. But there, the there's some intelligence sources that are saying it's about 200 pounds. Of explosives that were ruptured under underground to、uh, to blow this thing up, and then they're also saying that 50 kilometers away there are a few American、um, warships there, and they were also testing quote unquote underground、um, how you say unmanned <laughs> unmanned、uh, an underwater drone to clear mines,、yeah. right? And this isn't black and white. It's not like yo, I, I I saw this written on a bathroom stall. Like this is information that's that's being shared with the public. Plausible di- deniability. So what do you think? Because there's there's a lot of school of thoughts that Russia could have did it themselves so that they can expand, which I think is silly. But then when you look at the seat, the 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 events, president saying like yo, we're gonna we'll we'll show Russia. How are you gonna do that? Oh, you'll see. It's in that one from Kim Iverson that I sent you. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. Yeah, yeah. She really be holding it down. Um. What I got, she was saying Poland has the most to benefit from. Yes, because they have their own, they have their own pipeline too. And when they were going back and forth with her, her and the guest, the guy's name was, I guess, Jackson. It made sense what he said. He said, "Well." Between a false flag, which means you start some shit to get you're tired of paying too much. Um, which you know you can you can argue and speculate that the United States has done that, and the European powers have also done that a few times in history. Oh yeah, happy、uh, Sunday to all the intelligence agencies and administration. Know y'all working hard? Yeah, absolutely. Um. It was interesting listening to their conversation about it because I'm like, damn. I was just thinking about the people that's gonna suffer in Europe over this stuff. Like Germany is one.、Um, I know Germany is, but here's the thing. My understanding is that Germany wants to negotiate with Russia now. Like they're feeling the pressure and they may they may bend towards that. Ah、oh, man.、Oh. I really. So Kim's coming up, but not the video that I want. Because、uh, I really want. Want... I wouldn't be surprised. I just want. Let me just play. Biden addresses Nord Stream One. Let me see if anything comes up before that. It's a conversation he had before they blew it up, and then、okay. just right after that, it's just like, and the the language. Hold on, yo, matter of fact, you got the link on WhatsApp. 
Yeah. Is there any way you can email it to me? Or if you could if you could bring that if you could play that I wanna scrub through it so I can find this. What part did you want to hear? Um pretty much where the reporters are asking and like um Okay. What on. are they going to do against uh, against Russia? So let me just hit Kim Iverson. Okay, I got it. Uh-huh. In the meantime, so the um the Coast Guard put. Do you want me to just play it? Um, we may have to scrub through it. If you can find Biden's. Yeah, I've got it. Oh, you got, got it? it. Oh, excellent. excellent. Yeah. Let's hear this, man. Okay. Hopefully, um, it'll come over. If not, is it playing? Yeah. Because I don't hear it. I mean, I'm playing it through my laptop. You'll be able to hear it. Okay, so I'm tell you what. I'm playing. Through, I found it. I'm playing. I'll play it through my laptop because I'm using my phone. Okay. So maybe a little. Right. Let me know if you can hear it. Speculating that it was was it the Americans? After yeah, all, Biden promised to end the lines if Russia invaded Ukraine. If uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the. Uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there will be uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end. To it. You heard what he said. We will bring an end to it, right? But how will you how will you do that? How will you do that? Exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Say, very was ambiguous. Was Ukraine themselves, or Finland, or someone else? Very ambiguous. Either he didn't know, he, he had no idea, which is great, plausible deniability, or like he was uh, lightweight. He did a decent poker, poker face job with that. Notwithstanding, subsequent to those remarks, kaboom, and Nord Stream is no more. However, we talk about the benefits, because my understanding, Poland has their own pipeline. But they are also a NATO player. You know how... My, my understanding is like, yes, Central Intelligence Agency, shout out. Y'all got SAD, Special Activities Division. This, these are killers, like the, the best of the best. You know, a lot of uh, military veterans and stuff like that. But they still recruit other professionals to do their dirty work so it's like yeah. they have a uh they have poland or, or someone else and it's mutually beneficial who could say the real question is like <laughs> how is russia going to react because if, if they seem to be the one who has uh taken the wound i don't know they'll find another way because like we always talk about and that's the importance of and it might sound counter uh intuitive but that's mm-hmm. why everybody should have their own nukes sovereign nations should all have their own nukes like because it keeps everybody accountable like in my opinion because anybody knows the first one that lets one off everybody's letting off mm. so you nobody's really mutually assured destruction Exactly. Nobody's benefiting from letting them off. So you got to do other things to get your point across. Those are deterrents to keep people honest. You know what I'm saying? So that's why the far as far as the Israel and the Iran thing, that's why I'm looking at them sideways like, yo, you benefit from us all day. And you worried about Iran just trying to get their stuff up? So what? You know what I'm saying? I lightweight agree with your proposal that all sovereign nations should have nukes it's just we need to have checks and balances mm-hmm. and it's like because you're right when all nations have nukes it kind of it's a deterrent against nuclear war because it's like yeah iran is enriching uranium all that good stuff. and yeah they may have a bomb in like a let's call it a couple of months but it's like, so what? They have a bomb now. Israel has a bomb that they don't want to. We, we may or we may not have. Israel has a bomb. 
So yeah, cool. Now you're at a stalemate. Now you're at a stalemate. No one has to nuke anyone. Talk. Nope. Meet at the table. Have some chai. Like talk. But I think <laughs> um I, I, I it's just you have to have checks and balances. Because you have a lot of these um how do you say it? You have states where it is centralized power. Where one man, one individual can be like yeah, I know everyone has nukes, but we still won't pop off anyways. Yeah. And that is something you have to avoid. Because we discussed before, it's, it's not just the, yes, the immediate ground zero is devastating. Mm-hmm. Nuclear weapons impact the world. So what happens yeah, in Ukraine, awesome. it's like, we could be breathing that stuff over here with all the nuclear winter and whatnot. But uh, yeah, what else is on the, on the snapshot? What was up with the Abraham Accords and the Chinese boats off the Alaskan coast? Okay, so the Abraham Accords is actually, um, it's Israel, so they're referring to Abraham from the Bible. But Abraham Accords, it's like an agreement reached with, I want to say, is it UAE? Okay. United Air Emirates and the United mm-hmm. States, it was uh, signed in 2020. I don't know if it was okay. during Trump or, or, or whatnot, but more or less it's like they're friends now in Bahrain. UAE and Bahrain, they're, they're friends. The, Israel's taking it a step further, meaning that they want to give them nuclear secrets. And yeah, so it's like Israel's making friends with China and a lot of uh, Middle Eastern countries. When we have our spiritual discussion later on, I'm going to circle back to that. But yeah. The boats and the Chinese boats off the coast of Alaska, that's a different subject. So the Coast Guard, they did a press announcement that, yeah, Chinese boats are like off the coast of Alaska. So it's not, how do you say, it's not ridiculous to see Russian boats in Alaskan, like, uh, not airspace, what is it? Maritime, maritime. Yeah, maritime zone or waters, whatever. Yeah, like you yeah. see Russian vessels in, in Alaskan waters. It's not uncommon for that. But it is uncommon to see Chinese vessels in there. So it's like, yeah, the United States is poking around Taiwan, which is very close to Chinese. We had aircraft carriers and all that stuff up in there. So I think it's like China pulling up in Alaska is just their way of like, yo, you want to pop up in our backyard we can do that too how to make you feel and just hearing it gave me a chill because i'm like okay. china got some the corners to, to come all the way out out there but um but that seems to be what, what's going on in the world uh, i think that's i think that's part for the course though and like you gotta also realize based on china's history people get lost in this too i'm not saying <laughs> I rock with China like that, but I can say I understand because they were like systematically oppressed for centuries, if I remember correctly. Okay. The Japanese and like everybody, you know, Japanese was running that shit. I like heard the about US. the Japanese. Yes, they did. Yeah. They so they like, yeah, they like never again kind of thing. Just like never forget 9-11, just like all mm. this shit, same shit. So they like, all right. We gonna systematically make sure we're never in that situation again. So China operates from that ethos, that model. And knowing that they're safe near Alaska or whatever doesn't surprise me because you gotta think, we've been surrounding them for what? Fifty years? Yeah. We're in Korea, Japan, we're in Australia, you know, we're by there, we're we're everywhere around them. So I mean Okay, they just happen to be in Alaska after we've been surrounding them for like 50 plus it's years. It's really nothing you, you can do about it. But if it were a, um, I mean, not that it would, would matter for nuclear sub because there are ICBMs and hit you anywhere else. It's just like, um, I don't know. Looking at it right now, I, I'm just like, okay, I see it. We're poking around in their yard, they're poking around and out. Is it a, is it a threat? Show force, nothing more. Yeah. What's up, Jay Wright? Peace, peace. Carolina. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. 
I mean, people have to talk because we just discussed the alternative. Nuclear winner for everybody, mutual mm-hmm. destruction. I mean, like, nobody wins. And they really don't. And I'm just curious to, you know, there, there's the whole conspiracy theory. It's all, it's all scripted. Like this, uh, it's everything that's going on is to bring you on a widget. And it's just like, you couldn't think of a better way. You couldn't think of to leave the planet intact. Like, you couldn't think of a better way to get your, your agenda across. All this like, stuff is conversations like you and I do every week. That's all it is. It is. Come to the table. Have the agreements ready. Sign the shit. Everybody's happy. We go back home. Go work on our own country shit. That's it. It's like, and I have nothing against China. I just have concerns of them playing the game that America plays. And you know, they just have a different style of doing it. And that I'm referring to the Imperial game. To, uh, and what does that mean with when American dominance falls? Like, or do we live like third world countries? Like we, we like, yo, this is the real cost of gas. Like, See, I, I see all y'all driving around with your big SUVs and whatnot. No, no, these are the real costs of assets. Like, do we all drive smart cars and stuff subsequently? I don't know. But it, to me, it just feels like American dominance is not lingering, but declining. And, you know, we 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 enjoy the quality of life that the Empire brings. And I, I, I cannot say I am ready for a decline. Well... That was just a snapshot. Mm-hmm. We're talking uh, about uh, universal basic income. It's starting to pop up more because of automation and robots, which mm-hmm. we also get into. Uh, we can tie these two together, really. Um, you got a Twitter article on there. I did not get to, to look into that yet, but I'm curious. Yeah. Well, we can we can tie to Elon Musk in because they are related. So. Okay. You know how I have always been about robots? You know, like, ah, that's just creeped me out. So, you know, Elon Musk just released, what, $20,000 robot? That's the goal? To, um, I don't think it's released yet. Like, it's, it's, still, it's still in development. He has the idea of what they want to do with it. So, like, um, mm. let's call it last week or two weeks ago, he had, mm. they had, like, an AI day artificial intelligence day for tesla and while most people when they think of tesla they automatically think about the cars right mm-hmm. but they're actually one of the biggest in artificial intelligence producers in the world when you really consider it with the task they have to do self-driving cars and stuff like that you need yeah. a neural network that's that can act like a human but the robots aren't rolled out yet they're still tweaking the AI, but they want these robots in every home to do pretty much all the tasks that humans do. I suppose if they're going to be in the home, inexorably they will be in all corporations and be like, yo, you silly flesh and blood humans, terminate them all, let the robots do it. And this would, Man. I suppose that would lead to the UBI. So where are we with that? Well, uh, the one guy was saying, I guess the best example of UBI, he mentioned two countries. He mentioned Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and he mentioned Norway. And basically what he was saying was that um, because of automation and where we're going, humans working a little less and replacing those menial tasks with robots is coming. So why not go ahead and provide UBI? why and he was doing that in a sense because we would be working less so mm-hmm. it's kind of the oh and i get i get that but the, the, the question i'm just being devil's advocate is mm-hmm. why should because yeah there's going to be the bulk of people will be working less but there will be people who are still working to pay those taxes mm-hmm. pay the, that ubi so they're probably thinking like why why should i pay why should they pay for what? UBI? UBI. 
Well, shit, like we got all the other social programs in the United States. We all paying for it, right? We paying for aid to go to Ukraine. Why not pay for our own citizens to benefit? Well, we, we discussed um, stimulus, stimulus check round one. Yeah. $2.2 trillion. Mm-hmm. But how much UBI are we talking about? How frequently have, is this thing coming? Because we're talking about, even if you're talking about 40 million Americans, even for, which was for reparations for African Americans, still a huge chunk of money for a one-time payment so reoccurring for let's just say 150 million americans how are they going to do that we'll do it through our taxes obviously but if you were to enact our taxes hold on if you were to enact for the concept of upgrade america along with that i think you would definitely be able to do ubi so I got my uh, my trusty rusty Windows calculator up, right? That's 150,000. That's 1.5 million. That's 15 million. That's 150 million people. So how often are we paying UBI? I would assume monthly. Monthly, right? How much are we getting them? Uh, I don't know. And we don't forget Alaska does it. They've been doing it for Alaska does it once a year. They do it okay. once a year. So let, let's just say we give them. A, let's just say we give 150 million people 2,200. Okay. Or is that too much? Yeah, just go with that. Go with that number. I just want to crunch the numbers and see what. Okay. It is. That's 22. So this is 330. Whoa, no. Yeah, that's billion. That's three commas. Trade commas. Billion. So 330 billion a month. So let's do that times a year. Times 12. Well, gee golly whiz, that's four trillion a year. That's more than the. Uh, that's more than the freaking budget to run the government. So I don't. No, that doesn't work. That form of UBI doesn't work. I want to emphasize that no one needs money. They need the things money can't buy. So mm-hmm. the cost of UBI giving citizens caps at $2,200. For 150 million citizens is four trillion a year. I suggest let's focus on the the utilities. Okay. It must be a medium of exchange. Let's just say Bitcoin, and then pay the utilities with this, and to supplement that uh supplement that uh, the energy cost. So it's like cool. You're working less. Now you don't have to pay power. Government got you. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Cool. You're working less. Now government will give you food or whatever. Mm-hmm. Universal basic assets, I could see. But universal basic income? I, 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 I'm struggling to crunch the numbers here. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, what proposal was laid out in, in that article? Um, How do they fund it? Well, for Norway, they fund it through their oil, which we can ramp. Hold up. Norway? Okay, go ahead. I know they're a smaller country. They're probably like the size of like Maryland or something, right? Mm -hmm. But that's an example. Huh? I would say Connecticut. Okay. But that's an example. And I know you have to scale it for the United States. I get Mm -hmm. on. Also, I'm looking up some things. As you were talking, I was looking up real quick. There's five different characteristics of universal basic income or categories. Okay. Periodic, which is distributed in regular payments, cash payment, distributed as funds, not coupons or vouchers. Individual, not coupons or vouchers. <laughs> individual paid to every adult citizen, not just every household. Hmm. Universal is paid to all citizens, regardless of their situation. And unconditional, where there's no requirements regarding employment status or other criteria. Hmm. So in the US I can see I can see maybe individual and then it would be based on your income I can see that and then you scale it you're scaling it now it's not everybody's necessarily but it's people in a certain income bracket but then let's give me give me some numbers for that then. what do you think what 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 would you think like think 20 gotta, million 30 million you got to go based on um, marital status, 
independence and all that kind of stuff. So single adult like myself, maybe I would get, I don't know, maybe one, or you can do it quarterly too. It don't have to be monthly. Uh, maybe quarterly I get 1500 And quarter. see, I, and I understand like the payment. I'm talking about as far as, I want to know how many people do we have to pay mm-hmm. monthly over two thousand dollars? That's what I want. Well, I mean, you know, America, we're gonna, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not. And you remember Andrew Yang did this experiment too during his uh, campaign ride. I think he's still doing it. Where and I paid. played with the numbers, but the thing is, he only gave a couple households. They give mm-hmm. a couple households for a year, and it's like, yeah, I can see that. But when we're talking, you look at the numbers. How do you scale that? You mentioned oil, right? And then even with the oil revenue, the only way I can see you doing this universal basic income is with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Is is with something that you can uh, if government buys it all up while it's at a discounted price. The values that whole price vacuum or the, the vacuum from it being removed from the exchange, it's gonna drive up the, the price and the value of it. And you can give people Bitcoin that can be transferred to cash, tran- translate to, to whatever, but paying cash, mm-hmm. it's just going to result in more inflation if you're printing this stuff to pay people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's no blame. So, um, what was I about to say? So I'm reading this, and it says universal basic income, right? In Norway, because we were talking mm-hmm. about Norway. So... It is a welfare state, so full disclosure, right? But they have access to education, um, universal health care, which got pros and cons, um, and income in form of social security or benefits. However, recipients of monetary benefit must still meet specific conditions. For instance, they must seek work, mm-hmm. they must abide by the law, they must participate in elections, and they must pay taxes. So you must vote. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. It's not like here you say choice. It's in there. It's like you obligated your money. What is it? Yeah, I'm just looking. I guess they had it in Brazil. They tried it. Um, fin Finland. Um, it's just um. It's different, but like I said, it just I sounds don't... like inflation, like an inflation mm-hmm. nation. They're like print more, print more, print more. Type of but snack. see. This is the thing too, I think, and this goes back to the the running theme of this year for us is that's why we need to go back producing domestically. Hmm. If we producing everything domestically, that helps everybody have more money. <laughs> and we wouldn't even need to look at something like this, really, to be honest. I think if money were invested in ending poverty, then well, that's like the base would be, you know, I reiterate, no one needs money, they need the things money can buy. You need, you need, you need food, you need housing, you need power. And I dare say it's like, once you have all these needs met, use your money to buy, then use your money. And I'm talking about to the citizen, to buy the things that you want. Yeah. Well, we learned that in uh, psychology, you have Maslow's very few needs. Pyramids. Yeah, very few needs and unlimited wants. It's well, yeah. <laughs> confuse uh, a lot of people confuse wants for needs, but we are in yeah, the time of abundance, so it's easy to do that. Um, this hurricane definitely shows what what we're what is a need and what is a want. So water was need. <laughs> Having that filet mignon is a want. <laughs> Oh, or whatever. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind one in everything. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Like you put up on the electric stove with the, the batteries. And, yeah. You know what I, mean? I mean, you can grill out if it's not too windy. I mean, that's true. That um, but it was interesting going to. It's a it's it's an interesting um social experiment to see leading up to the hurricane, right? So you see people getting gas. Obviously, you fill your tank up. Um, you get your water, your essentials, your non-perishables, all that stuff, right? So it was interesting. I went to the store. I went probably Monday, 
since I bought a mixture, I bought a mixture of stuff I can actually cook, and then I yes. bought a mixture of stuff that I don't need to cook. And I was like, NCA works for me. Yeah, and I, I still got my MREs too. I got a bunch. So, um, it was just interesting watching everybody, and it was like it was such a Florida moment. I'm sitting there watching everybody in line, just like that's Florida moment. Yeah, it's just like uh, you know I gotta get this food, whatever. Just like everybody was nonchalant, just chilling, like yeah, all right, I'm here again. Yeah, so I don't know. It just goes to show you what you said has credence mm-hmm. of um, assets things that money can't buy versus money so to speak like you talk about shelter we're talking about internet is like um a utility now it's not it almost seems so it's communication yeah um and then seeing that knowing the internet was down how that affects mm-hmm. everything matter of fact it was an episode in a rookie this dude hacked the, the hospital system to get his wife uh, uh, a heart from a donor to get surgery done for her. So he mm. hacked the shit. And that was some scary ass shit to sit there and think about like, man, somebody fucking hacked the whole shit. And he was but just shutting like, that shit down. It is kinda uh <laughs> because yeah, he did it for reasons that were, you know I, nothing is good or bad at the end of the day. But like a someone could still hack those systems and do some some, some really bad stuff. Hence, the, I believe we the need to have a uh, not a cyber force, but uh, I'm sorry, not a cyber command, but a cyber force. That's another episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's it, man. I think we pretty much caught up. We just had the spiritual tip now. All right. mine. Like, uh, you know, Mario. Uh, shout out to Mario, my spiritual advisor, man. He gave, he gave me some really great feedback. He sent me an email. Our episode last week gave us a, you know, a lot of great scriptures. I'm just going to read one, and then I want to kind okay. of dive back into our Israel discussion. So this is Psalms 210, uh, 12 King James Version. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed. Ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. And he sent me this in response to because remember I was alluding to uh, I alluded to God to the God of Israel being a credible reason why the US is so supportive of Israel. So my question I have several questions, but do you think the federal government would classify the existence of Yahweh? And would they consider him and his angels extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional beings or something? Maybe the second, the second classification, not the first. Extra-dimensional. Yeah, I can I, see and that. that's what that, that's what I have that uh, I have that discussion with my buddy as well too because extraterrestrial would kind of insinuate they're from another planet. Or not even from another planet, somewhere in this time, this third dimension. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, scientists have theories that there's like 11 or more dimensions, like in this whole whatever the heck we're in. But yeah, maybe they are from another dimension. We're seeing all this talk about UFOs and things of, of that nature. And mm-hmm. aliens it's not a planet, man. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my, my, my mind around extra uh, extra dimensional beings. However, we talk about that presidential book of secrets and everything. Like, there's their secrets. There's secrets that have been kept and they just didn't get leaked. Like, that's just what it is. I don't know. I could, I could only imagine that there is some, uh, they have some evidence of that. And if you were a sitting president and you see, you're like, oh, Okay. I'm gonna say nothing. And yeah, we cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just speculating. But the um uh, I'm, I'm thinking like how much would you wanna see? You win the presidency, right? Mm-hmm. How much would you go look up? Like I know me, I'm trying to see 
everything. Trump's, yeah, I, I, I know Trump said he would he would leak some stuff if there were uh, UFOs. Or, I don't know, maybe some Sumato. But I would want to see as much as I could too. Hell yeah, I gotta see because uh, between conspiracy theories and just things that actually happen, and then future. I gotta go. Like one of the first places I'm going is Area 51. I gotta go. Oh, absolutely. It. Like, but I have I a hunch that it's like because it's so unclassified, like as classified, but like everyone knows about it. There's really just aircraft. Like this is where they're doing their, because it is an airbase. It's like I think this is just where their really advanced aircraft are out there. Live beings not from this planet. I would dare say they would probably be so underground, like where we, we would yeah. go to the job site of that. But I would like to, to look it up. But along the same... Uh, go ahead. Okay. Nah, I just would like to go to all those um, mountain complexes. I want to see all this Diane shit. Diane Mountain and all yeah, that? Yeah, I want to see all this shit. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of secrets, like, and, and intelligence, and... and I just would not be surprised, but it's like I have two two follow up questions for you. Okay. I, I recall you mentioned you grew up in a church. I'm not too sure how well read you are on the Book of Revelation. End of day. When they did used to bring on Revelations, I would get excited. That was like the it, only book I got excited for. Between it was kind of one of the books I got excited for. Yeah, I would say between that and then I I enjoyed Proverbs because I like Proverbs. I just think Proverbs are... is dope because it's the words that a lot of it was from King Solomon and it's a lot of wisdom it's, it's literally like a, it means wisdom or something I forget what Proverbs actually stands for but that's a yeah. good book as well Revelations was always thrown because it's prophecy it didn't happen it was all end of the world doom and gloom type stuff and it just really made you wonder I wrote a book called uh, The Higher Top of the Pyramid, Behold That Black Antichrist. And it was more or less like a government official. How would they manage the return of an extra dimensional being just tearing up the world, turning the oceans to blood and wiping out all the fish and just just the plagues and stuff that's described in in the book. It's a horror story. It is, it is probably the, the, the worst horror story one could conceive you're talking about nuclear holocaust fiery mountains rising from the ocean and, and they're there these these angels are are even tampering with the elements or stopping the wind from blowing no wind energy for you stopping it, it's really outlandish when you're talking about stars falling from the sky and knocking up this um it's a magnificent story. I had to write about it. But my question for you, if you were in charge, how would you manage? How would you manage that? Everything just, ah, just going crazy. Yeah. How would upgrade American policies <laughs> work there? We have to be on some Independence Day shit, bro. We got to come together. Because <laughs> what do you do in that situation? I think we're both pretty good at managing chaos. Considering I, our training. Honestly, and how yes. I represented it in, in the book, it's like, and how I perceive it, the citizens are effed. Like, there there would be nothing you could do for the average person. They're just going to, they're stuck. I think the resources would be focused on keeping the leadership team. Like, oh, if we got to move the, oh, the oceans have turned to blood. Yeah, you guys are screwed. But we got a bunker like over here. I think the resources would be there and it'll just be madness. And the logic would be like, yeah, we gotta take care of ourselves so we can take care of the rest of the world. But I don't know. My other question, oh, okay. Okay. I don't know, like. There, I really wouldn't see no, it would be a game of keeping your butt alive until it, it all goes, until it all goes. Yeah. yeah. The hell. <laughs> But my, my, my question for you, another question is, as I am ambivalent there with my beliefs in, in the Bible, I'm as fascinated as I find it, but what would it take to convince you that the Christ, Jesus, has returned? Like, I dare say I've seen it all, but Christ, 
from war around the world. All this, this. What would it take you to see like, yo, this is this is the real deal. Like, this ain't no. Yeah. I think it would have to be. You remember we uh, we chronicled that show Messiah. Mm-hmm. That was great. Uh, I don't think it, it was a great show. I'm so mad they like it didn't go past one season. I think you know it was too touchy, man. Yeah, but they ended yeah. it right. They ended it right. Yeah, but still, it would have to be to be honest, especially the age we live in with deep mm-hmm. fakes, AI, all this shit. It would have to be something where I see it everywhere. Like it has mm. to be something. New York's affected by Maryland. West Coast, Alaska, Middle America. Like, I got to see it from all angles and, like, these things that we describe. It has to be some shit like that. I think it would still be, that can be fabricated with holograms. And with, when you're seeing these elaborate drone shows that the Chinese are putting on, it's like animations. In the yeah, sky, I've seen that. Like, that are taking up the whole sky. So I'm thinking, mm, that's fun in games. Now, if I were to run a psych op, how would I do that? And then I think like, okay, yeah, you can you could do the lab and you could see it around the world. For me, it would have to be personal. It would really have to be a personal experience. And I don't want to say if I saw a loved one raised from the dead, someone who perished for a long time, because we have cloning and everything. We got cloning yeah. on humans now. And it's just still, I'm, I'm really asking myself, what would it take? Like, I think it would have to be something mentally inside. Like, I interact with this is with Jesus. And, like, I would have to, I, I would not accept anything I saw on my screen. I would not accept, blindly accept anything I saw in the sky. It would have to be a very personal encounter. And this is my question for Mario. And I, by then, would it be too late? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I, I I don't think so. I want to be optimistic. And if this is really a son of God and he truly loves the world, like, I was created as a skeptic. I am not easily convinced. Yeah. And this is who I am. And I, I dig in this book. I listen to these scriptures, but I need... I need something powerful, man. It can't be nothing on the screen. It can't be nothing here. It can't be nothing in the sky, man. Like, because man controls these things. Man can. Yeah, that's true. Make a very good argument because I had to sit back and think as you're saying that. I'm like, fuck. Right. Like, we know how to fabricate everything, man. Shit. I wanted to run back to the to, to the robots. Like, mm-hmm. let's just say the next panda blip. I'm sorry is with zombies. Like, I would, and remember, our reality is through our screen. They're just robot zombies walking around. You're shooting them. Oh, they want to die because they're freaking robots. But at the same time, it can still convince people. I am very hard to convince. Like, even when, um, even when I was in the combat here, I didn't believe we had weapons, there were any weapons of mass destruction, but I didn't buy an air gun. Hard to convince. Like, and that's who I am. But again, Mario, I appreciate you know you watching and giving us the knowledge. Is it too late? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it's over until it's over. But that's just uh, me believing. If if I were to believe uh, that event, I don't that's a tough. But it is, and this is this whole the war, the wars that are going on. Everything is a battle of the mind. Everything is a psycho. Them messing with us with this Nord Stream One who blew up Nord Stream One. There's plausible deniability. You, everything is a psycho. Like it's a it's a battle of beliefs at the end of the day, and yeah. um, the spiritual realm is 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 that's a part of it too. But again, my my heart is open. I'm open minded to you know for for my revelation. I strive to to, to be righteous. But yeah. This is what it is. This is where we're at. Life yeah, is man. great. Uh, you know, That's a good one. Yeah, blessed. Blessed all day. Grateful. Um, yes, yeah, Real quick, I did start back therapy, so I'm going to get back to that record. Yes, I'm guessing. So, yeah, I did virtual since his office is flooded. Uh, 
think it'll be up and running. So we'll probably do a virtual a couple more times until his office is right. But yeah, it was good, man. I got back in there. I was like, okay, it's like riding a bike. Um, my my therapist retired. Oh yeah. Like um, I took a hiatus, and then yeah, I, I went in with the vet center in Pittsburgh, and I was. We did probably like maybe two, three sessions with him, and then he's, I got a letter in the mail like, I retired, peace. So now it's like I had a really great relationship with a, a prior counselor before. She's civilian. Well, she's always been civilian, but she's in the civilian sector. I want to see. Uh, we we discussed. I want to see if I could. Uh, you, you mentioned if you exhaust all your resources through the VA, that they make some exceptions that you can see civilians. So. Yeah, community care. Just go through community care. Yeah, it's something to see. But like, it's, um, you know, for all our upgraders, and I think that's something that will really upgrade America is getting more people access to mental health. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, there's a stigma attached to it that you're, you're going up there once you get mental health. All it is, is a counseling session. It's just talking. It, it's just talking. And that very act of talking about trauma, it's uh, it's therapeutic in a healing way because it's like there's a lot of things that we experience and then we just compartmentalize it, pack it away, and that yeah. can be detrimental to your health. But therapy is just talking. So when everybody's like knocking therapy, trying you know knocking mental health, like listen, I mean, good for you if your life is so your life was you haven't lived if you haven't had any trauma you haven't had any then you haven't you haven't lived you haven't experienced this uh this reality yeah. but um again to everyone who's getting help keep doing your thing stay blessed and you know if there's ups and downs we will get through it but this is upgrade america always a pleasure hope you got some value from, from the show and you know you, you have a, a blessed and wonderful day. Peace.